0: With guests from all over the world, from different wisdom traditions, I wish to create a web of loving energy that permeates the whole world to create more love and peace. You can connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube for more guidance and love. Hi everyone, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm so excited to be here today with Sufi, She's been on the podcast uh, about two years ago, and uh, today we will just talk about everything that she does and this magical work that she does with communication on other levels than our five senses. Welcome, Sufi, to the podcast. Welcome back.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm
0: so happy to be here. I'm super happy Ah. to have you back. I'm so excited to talk today. It's a very important topic. Um, For some women, it will be uh, very healing and very insightful to listen to how we have the ability to not just communicate with. There's so many ways to communicate with uh, other dimensions and souls, and this is a really beautiful connection that you make in your work. So maybe for those that haven't listened to the episode we recorded two years ago, which was a very long time ago, maybe if you want to start by just introducing yourself and what you do, and we can take it from there.
1: Hello, I am Sufi Ertour, Um at Spiritual Life of Babies, and I began my journey as a doula and then found there was a lot more going on in the birth room and postpartum, and then with my own journey as a mother, and um, I really feel my work um, then blossomed into mediumship, and then the two came together, and I really feel my work now is to engage and inspire Other women to acknowledge the art of maternal telepathy and their own connection and and understanding of the pre-language before words that they already know and feel in connection to their little ones, even beginning with preconception. So I'm just here to tell women it's real and you're not crazy. And this is how to strengthen it, understand it. And I just want to hold hands on the path and help with that journey.
0: That's amazing. Thank you. And Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about the journey of um, trying to conceive, uh, being pregnant, giving birth, and also post-birth, that whole journey with uh, being that has been just uh, birthed into this uh, dimension and having its own path and it also very hard to like communicate on a um on the uh, in the way that we communicate with words but there's so many signs and signals and energy and so much going on there between the mother and the baby I'm thinking mm-hmm. that that whole journey is is like uh definitely a spiritual journey a spiritual um initiation so how have you because you're also you're a doula uh, and you work with you work with all of the cycles right with the women it can be preconception maybe just explain like how that works if someone is going through that cycle from the beginning how do you help and support and on what level does that communication happen
1: Yes. So initially um when someone will come to me with a spirit baby reading which I have to say it's evolving beautifully. It's I'm always growing in my work in doing these kind of communications and I'm really finding that when I work with any anyone who's trying to conceive um A lot of times uh, I have women come to me after they've had miscarriage. And um, so I will really engage, and this is how my work has changed and grown in the last two years. I really engage with um, the body-mind connection. And I'm really feeling and hearing the body speak to me in the reading. And telling me the story and then working a grief piece because a lot of clients who have miscarried or stillborn will come to me and, you know, the thing they tell me most is what's hardest on them is everybody wants them to move on, Um, you know, think of the good side, you know, just move forward, don't get, but you have to go into the grief And it's good to have someone to talk to about your grief. And you can't really go into the grief and heal until you also add physicality to that healing process, however, whatever that means for you. But I'm loving this work. Spirit Baby used to be more cutesy, I think, in my reading quality. Now it's deepening and um the piece that women ask me or are concerned about whether it's stillborn or miscarriage is did the soul suffer in the miscarriage did the soul um when i birthed my baby at 30 weeks you know um was there suffering now i don't pretend to know everything but i think this is an important piece and maybe helpful um especially like a miscarriage early on, you know, anytime the soul is all knowing and very wise. A soul is not going to sit in the body and experience that suffering unless karmically that's supposed to be what happens. Um, but in my experience in connecting to souls, I, I, it's not my experience that they actually suffered the miscarriage. That they actually suffered this being a stillborn, or all of that, um, I—it's just not my been my experience in my reading experience. Now over nine years, and having been a doula for over twenty-two years, in my experience, is the soul is not completely in the body um, during that pregnancy time uh, and early pregnancy, especially. You know, and so it's not like somebody's suffering in there. mother is suffering for the loss, but the baby or some women who've had abortions, they ask, you know, did the baby feel this? Was it, you know, very difficult to me? The soul has a link to its body and that it energizes the body. If the link or the baby or child's not viable, the link is pulled back. That's how I see it. Again, I don't pretend to know everything. This is just my little corner of the universe, what I'm seeing in readings and talking to women. And they found that helpful.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. I really, um, the, it is hard because this these experiences are so embodied, right? They bring us, it's like having, when you you follow your cycle, it's an embodiment because you can really feel the shifts in the cycles happening. And then uh, when women do get pregnant, it's a very embodied experience. At the same time, it's very um, soulful and a spiritual experience. And then when things tend to happen in life, a, a reproductive loss is is a very tangible and very yeah it 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 can affect so many le- layers of our being that we forget that also it's not only our own soul's journey it's the baby's soul's soul's journey and the the connection And the separation can be felt very strongly also on a soul level. So I think that what you're saying also that just thinking about, for example, stories of near death experiences, those people who have gone through it it have not maybe explained it as a painful uh, transition when they're transitioning out and then coming back. It's more of like a peaceful state in between. So, maybe exactly, that can,
1: yeah, that exactly. A reminder, right? Exactly. And I love, and I've mentioned this to you before, but I love how mediumship has grown. And um, you know, mostly mediumship has been focused on those loved ones who've passed and connection there. But I've my whole trajectory as a medium and my push as a medium is if the soul is eternal, and always present, why not in the beginning, why why not be able to connect in? I love Walter McKitchen, I love Spirit Babies. He was a maverick and a trailblazer because a lot of mediums are like, well, you know, I'm not focused on that. Or I even had a master medium say, well, that's not true mediumship. I don't know. I feel very much it's a part of mediumship, and I'm just so happy to be on this end of it. Um, and I don't think it's an accident that I'm a doula and a medium. I spent many years just wanting to be a midwife. I didn't want to be a medium. Um, but I love the dance and how they've come together and I'm just so happy to serve in these beginning stages. Um, also want to add that uh the soul doesn't go away. Um, a lot of women say when they're pregnant before they miscarried, they very much felt their baby's personality, the soul, everything. Yes, you do, because the soul is really close and communicating, um, but you are still, I consider, someone who's tried, 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 felt their spirit baby, but never had their baby. I still consider them a mother. I still consider that relationship with the soul viable and true. And it doesn't go away. The soul doesn't disappear. You're still in relationship. And, you know, I don't know, uh, everybody's journey is different. Everybody's journey is individual. But I just really always want to validate my clients' connection and feeling that they feel for their little ones before conception um, and beyond. Mm. I love that. That's so beautiful.
0: And how do you work with women uh, when you do, let's say, a reading? Do you also help um, like this ability that we all have to connect with uh, so many energies around us and souls and tapping into, do you feel like um, many women also somehow open their own communication or how does it work if if someone works with you? How does the, a session go, especially let's say a preconception or a pre- um, yeah, preconception and also pre birth, I think, but maybe that's two different ways of communicating.
1: Oh, you know, so I'm like a flashlight, so I'm a flashlight, and I just shine the light and show you, like, oh, look, see that thing you're feeling, hearing, seeing, that's real, and I'm just here to confirm what you're already hearing, seeing, feeling. There's so many women, I've worked with so many moms postpartum that were talking themselves out of what they were hearing, sensing, feeling, because they were like, that can't be real. When we give birth, we're closer to the gate, to the portal. And women, what can be um, considered death of the maiden, that whole journey, you're at the gate. Psychically, intuitively, you open up the first six weeks postpartum. You're more psychic and intuitive than you've ever been in your life. And that can be terrifying if you're not used to that energy space. You feel here and see and sharing a psychic energetic space with a new baby. So you're two people now and you're not just one. And your body is on high alert for six weeks to ensure that baby's survival. Because I have spent time in indigenous cultures and seeing how they work, and um, postpartum and the the village life and how that's all integrated. This is all incorporated in teaching and nurturing a new mother it, it, to build up her radar and her instinct. Now in our society. Uh, There's a lot of division and separation. And there's all these uh, mommy groups. And I'm this kind of parent versus, oh, I'm this kind of parent. And uh, it's a very lonely planet in our Western society as a mother. Very lonely planet. And there's all this division. I'm doing it better than you. Nobody should be I hope most parents are doing a mixture of attachment parenting, um, embracing the working mother, uh, all these different styles, rye. Right? Let's not get into camps and divide. Let's use tools from all of these places. My biggest complaint about reading a book that's going to teach you how to parent is this book was written for the masses who are you as an individual? Who is your little one as an individual? Your journey as a mother should be a painting that you create with your partner and your family. I love Dr. Gabor Mate, and he talks about this, you know, the destruction of Western civilization on the family unit. It's just the division is really tough especially in big cities the nuclear family has not served us as mothers so I have a lot of moms coming and saying um I feel this is it real I, I I think my baby wants this so I'm just there as a flashlight in postpartum often I'll just be like okay well ask your baby what's going on look at your baby's expression your baby will answer the question And sure enough, you know, now look, if it's anything medical or serious, of course, we go to our doctors, you know, and we go to our caregivers. This is like um, just there was even a I've mentioned this before, but there's even a Yale study showing preference in babies at two months old doulas. We see preference in babies the first week. A baby will communicate by um, facial cues, uh, body language. And there's so much written now about understanding a, bo- a baby's body and communication. it's It's not woo-woo now. it's a lot of science. So um, I'm just here to confirm that for moms. Like you are you are sensing this, or um, you're got to slow your energy down. Drop down a little bit, get a little grounded. Let's do a little grounding exercise. Drop down, slow your pace. And the saddest thing for babies, Is when mother's beating herself up. They just want you to be happy. Now it doesn't mean you should put pressure now on yourself. Be happy, be happy. You're not hurting them. They just want your happiness. And if you take care of yourself, really babies are so happy. And I was this way. I felt guilt, you know, if I needed four hours to myself to be sane in those first six months. I felt guilty doing that for myself, I think as women across the board, you know, if we have good support, good family, and we need time, you know, do your best, but when we serve ourselves, we serve our baby and our family. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's so important, and it's beautiful how you can, I mean, it's like a a partnership with your baby because if the baby is also like telling you what you need and the baby, and what itself needs it's uh, it becomes easier like a better reminder and uh, I love how how that um, like you said that the society is is mostly working against the natural processes and against this uh, I can I can at least say that uh, where I live we have at least a, very, a good system for pa- parents and mothers to be home for a long time without having to worry about financial uh, their financial situation since um, at least in Sweden the maternity and paternity leave is very long um, and then you have that support system but if you live in a country where you can I can't even imagine how it must feel if you have given birth and this postpartum period is so important to ha- create this uh, this foundation for yourself, for the baby, for this new life. And that is so underprioritized in society. So when it comes to, and I've spoken about this in, in other episodes where we talk about reproductive health and rights it's, it's really lacking all of these things that are connected to women's uh, reproduction. It's undervalued uh, and underfinanced. So you can also see that within the um, medical field that nurses and midwives are underpaid. So it's like a cycle that makes it hard to fully like be in in. Like fully be, especially at birth and postpartum, have that um, that that full experience because there's so much that is not there, and I'm, I I still can't believe how something as important as that because without this process there would be no humankind at <laughs> in the end. So it's it's such an important. Uh, process and initiation it should be so much more valued in society
1: yes you know in our um i i oh i have um many friends in germany and the way my girlfriends in germany were supported um it's just night it's still so different in our american culture you know work is highly valued and um it's it's uh it's a little less now, but to be a stay-at-home mom in our society is like oh you're a slacker, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is crazy. But I'm glad there's like a new revolution and a lot of change away from that. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, you are beautifully supported where you all are, and um, you know in in in. I also really want to add here that preconception i have so many women coming to me saying yes and i I felt this when i before i was pregnant that i would have a boy i felt his energy completely um you know and a lot of women feel the baby so strongly but they ask me am i crazy is this real but then i will bring up something in the reading that's like they'll be like oh yeah yeah no i got that i felt that you know so um that's the preconception piece. Mm, yeah. Just I'm here to validate and demonstrate.
0: Yeah, it's so beautiful. And uh, if people are wondering on what, like, of course, as a medium, you can pick up uh, and see and view these different uh, energies in different ways. So everyone probably have has their own experience of it, but when when you explain it to your clients when it comes to what is the what is this in between world like where where do we come from and where do we like go to how do you explain that because maybe some people who are listening to this have never had like a, a like a spirit reading at all or has haven't worked with a medium before how is how is yeah. that dimension?
1: Thank you. Yeah, you know, um, I I experience my work as I experience my work. I hear, see, feel information, and when I have done readings, um, and I'm and I studied for seven years with a mentor and. Um, Nobody needs to train you as a medium. You're more like being trained how to manage your body system, how to navigate the public, how to navigate the energetic space of going up, sort of um, heightening your energy, tuning up, as we call it. When I tune up in a reading space, um, it feels like I've gone home. And... All the little things or dramas on Earth disappear when I'm in reading space. I'm so incredibly happy there. And whenever I've helped people cross over or um, even anybody who's been to a birth will tell you, it's not just oxytocin in the room. The, The spiritual party that goes on at a birth in the room The gate, being so close to the gate, it's a feeling. So I want to talk about this from a feeling space Mm. um, more than, oh, there's these pretty things. Because for everybody, it's different what they see when they pass. But um, the feeling is I belong. I, I know this place. It feels like home. Everything I am is correct and right. I have no troubles. I'm expansive. It's that kind of feeling and it's instantly recognizable like, Oh, but for some people it can be because it's a lot of energy. It can be very intimidating and scary. Um, because it's where a lot of mediums can get into trouble. Um, young mediums, uh, it's it's a practice of going from this really heightened, yummy space to then grounding down again back into the body and living your day-to-day life. It can be kind of a bummer sometimes. And some mediums um, use really go towards food or a glass of wine to ground themselves or sugar. It's interesting. I just heard recently there's all these illnesses that mediums in particular get. Um, and a lot of it has to do with like, well, one is diabetes. Something about like coming back down from that yummy space is is like oh, it's a little bit like postpartum. I have to tell you, I think um, yeah, that's the travel in it. That's that's the piece that I want to share. Uh, I can't really say more than that. You would have to experience it yourself. But I think you know some people in religion, in ceremony, or in different religions, they have. You know, you and I were talking about. Um, my name, Sufi, um, Mm -hmm. Sufi mysticism. Mm -hmm. Look at the dervishes. The dervishes are in that heightened state. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meditation, people reach that, you know, even in exercise, people reach a place where they shed these old energies. So it's just a little bit higher than that. But it's this yummy, amazing space of I'm home. This is who I truly am. It can take practice to get into that place, of course, but we all have that opportunity.
0: Mm, yeah, it's it's a meditative state, and um, it's also like completely emptying yourself from a lot of things, so you feel kind of just uh, light, and 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 then you can experience things that are beyond these five senses so I think I love that and one important thing um, that I want to talk about because you are working with women with like you mentioned with loss and we have um, we have these awareness um, I think in October is awareness month for uh, reproductive loss and there's so many different uh, losses so i've I mentioned this in earlier podcasts when I'm uh, when I did write my master's thesis, we looked in. I looked looked into the different type of losses that that are. Well, loss is actually a a really uh, strong theme when it comes to infertility and wanting to get pregnant. And then be, uh, women who go through it have different experiences. It can be miscarriage. It can be other types of losses. And when it comes to how have you seen in your work the actual, because one one loss that people don't think about is also the embryo loss that can occur when you go through uh, treatment like IVF. And yes. um, have you worked with women who have gone through this and, and uh, communicated with and has the actual soul become embodied in the embryo or how how have you seen
1: that yes i mean just this just this last week i read for uh, two clients who had we uh, early losses and um you know in in one of the connections the soul it it it, it seemed that the soul um I was given the month when the when conception would be juicier or yummier or energetically stronger and that actually was the month that she had lost her baby. Um, but often in these cycles I see if there is a loss so often and you'll you you can you can read about many stories of women saying A year to the day I gave birth to my baby from the loss. So there's a little, there's some retrieval and magic there and repair there, but um, it can run the gamut. But a lot of times it could be a gender switch. It could be the soul is not ready. Um, It could be, okay, the body understands this wouldn't have been viable, this birth, this, this, this embryo wouldn't have formed correctly. It's the body wisdom. There are 500 reasons connected to loss. Um, I, again, I don't... I, it's not been my experience that the soul is um, in their suffering. Um, I really feel the soul is standing by, sending love and support to the mother who wants to be a mother. Um, honestly, I really feel we're all mothers, whether we have a, a physical child or not. Um, we mother our attributes as women, and we're mothers of this planet. We're mothers in so many ways. But the soul stands by to nurture. Um, so, yeah, it's just there's just many ways and experiences about it. And I really talk to women about creating ritual around the loss and getting really creative with that it doesn't matter what you do it just matters that you do something because that moves the energy we can't it's harder to get pregnant again if you're if the if you haven't been able to do anything with the grief and grief is not something we can banish or we just get over grief is long term but you can partner with grief and sadness you can be family with your grief that gives it less power or energy mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i really guide and work with women um with ritual ideas um was, uh, one client really wanted to hurry up and get pregnant again and try again Um, And she was very young, only 30 years old and in a rush because there's this panic that, oh, my God, the medical system says, uh, you know, I'm not going to have a lot of eggs real soon. And, And look, I'm not a medical person, but I can't tell you over and over again. Look at us as a species. We're living to 100, 105 easily now. Not easily, but a lot of us are. Are. We are changing. So why are we believing in a medical model that tells us at 35, you're done? When I'm seeing women right now, I'm not making this up. I'm seeing women 40, getting pregnant naturally, 43, getting pregnant naturally, 44. You know, I can't explain it, but I do trust our species and I do see us evolving. And we're all it's amazing. It's fascinating. So really want to encourage women. Don't give up hope. Don't give up. Walk your grief. Ritual your grief. Make friends with your grief. Then jump into hope. Fearlessness. Be that trailblazer. Have great faith in yourself. And maybe create a baby altar. I love baby altars. You can have so much fun with that. And, you know, put set a place at the table for your baby. Start incorporating baby in your physical life. Yeah, yeah just how people do, you know, and we're coming up on my favorite month, October, mm-hmm. uh, my birthday month, my Libra birthday month. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, how we consider the dead, you know, and, and many traditions, They that's a time of connecting with the dead. And the souls of our loved ones who've passed. Well, I'm a big fan of, oh, I already feel my baby. Um, I already, I'm already going to go shopping for something for my baby and create a little altar. Have fun. Connect with your little one. Write letters. Practice meditation where you're in the gap. And tr- practice receiving communication whether you're walking or you're in meditation. You can always be engaged just because your baby's not physically here you can still have a relationship.
0: Yeah, there's so much great things in there which you shared because it's also about seeing. So if we are on also a, like a spiritual journey that we've tapped into that, um, everything is kind of initiating us in our process and in our own journey, like everything in life is. And sometimes... The experiences of life is is light and fun. And then sometimes, because if we look at the the elements that in Chinese medicine, for example, now when it's fall, we're getting into the metal element. It is more connected to grief and, and a little bit this heavy energy. And that's part of also Mother Earth cycle. It's necessary for this period to happen we're going within so seeing that as a part of our our own cycle because all people have different experiences and also I think it's important for women to know that uh, they're not alone because it can uh, it also in my in my study that I did it's uh, one of the things is this isolation and the sense of of being alone in one's own journey because this is also a topic that is not talked about and this can mm-hmm. be so much helped with some type of healing and spiritual practice uh, or some like the work that you do because you can find so much meaning and and um, going through the grief is also like a really big growth practice, like any grief in life, like any very big grief. Because the, 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 the most important uh, quote I put into my master's thesis was uh, this. For example, this was a woman that spoke about her, um, yeah, her infertility journey. And she said, this is like mourning being in grief and mourning but no one else knows about it and you're mourning by yourself because no one else knows about this it's like an invisible loss but that's like a powerful um, journey to go through and connecting that with your path like calling in these your ancestors or whatever you need to feel supported that can open up like a powerful portal and I guess that's that's how you also like connect to other dimensions because all of a sudden you're not just in this world and just like um, thrown into things just by chance. It's like a big plan that we have to see. But it's hard when we're going through things in life to see that big picture, right? So it's oh, really, yes. I love the, the, what you mentioned about... Like working and being with the grief, because also this is uh, in all type of reproductive loss, uh, including infertility, is a trauma. So, and you mentioned this. I think this man who works a lot with trauma healing,
1: um, it's really Doctor Gabor Mate. Yeah, yes, it's important to work.
0: realize that this is uh, as traumatic as uh, people with. Um, uh, illnesses, um, what do you say, when the illness probably will lead you to die, that type of terminal, Im- illness. terminal yes. illness. So imagine if you see it like that, but you're so strong that you will probably not die from this experience, but you can grow so much from it as well. And working on a spiritual level with your own soul's journey, but also connecting to these energies that we don't know exactly how they are interacting with us. I think that's so powerful in the work that you're doing.
1: Yes, never, never give up. Never, um, it, it really uh, is, the universe is working in your favor. Never give up um, uh, on that idea. But the grief piece, even for myself, um, you know, the last two years have been intense. Last three years have been intense, uh, and, and navigating my own teenager through a lot of things. There were weeks I had to move readings and could not read in that week because I was so socked in with grief. So, um, you know, you're absolutely right when we're in grief and we're in these deep emotions, our radar can be a little skewed or we can't access as easily, but we should always. Strive towards working our way back out of the the ditch, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And there's magic always. Um, I just feel so lucky, you know. Um, friends and friends have invited me, like, let's go do ayahuasca, let's go do journey space, let's do this, and I go, I, I can't. I I I already live in a place where. I'm not going to do mushrooms or ayahuasca because I'm already I'm already seeing and feeling and experiencing a world that like that's enough for me. And it makes me so happy. And um, and I feel that those are those are tools, mushrooms or journey space are tools so people can get a taste of what's going on behind the scenes a little bit. Right. And engaging with go- what's going on with their soul selves. And mm-hmm. um There's magic around us all the time in the birth room. I'm one of my favorite births where um, I had a very skeptical father. And again, I'm very much a doula in the birth room. I'm not a, a, nobody needs a psychic or medium in the birth room. You know, I'm very grounded with my clients. But during the pushing stage, there's a moment where ancestors step in a lot of times and if you're really listening and feeling into it, you'll feel it. So I had this dad; he was very skeptical about my work, and I was massaging his wife's feet, and we we're about to go into the pushing stage, um, and we we're and I was really in deep meditation, and I could feel uh, he's he's in Eastern Indian, and I could feel his ancestors come into the room, and it was like a wave. It was the most beautiful celebration and excitement, and this wave of maybe like 15 souls just coming in and I hear him sniffling behind me and he goes Sufi Sufi what's going on and I go yes yes what are you feeling he goes what just happened I go your ancestors are in the room he's like I felt that I felt that and it was a celebration he crossed he's not a medium or psychic but in the moment In this sacred moment where the gate is so close, he felt the magic on the other side. And I just love that. And we can all do that. But yes, when we're socked in grief in the day to day, it's hard. It's hard for even the most psychic or mediumistic person. Mm -hmm. And here's another piece with, um, because I hear this a lot, a lot of family, you can feel isolated in your grief with a loss because a lot of family... Um, and if your partner is struggling with sadness and grief, they just want you to feel better and get on with it so you can feel even more isolated because your family doesn't want to talk about it. It's just really sad and hard and people deal with grief in their own way. So I really recommend um, finding a group of women to talk to. Um, there's. I just spoke to someone who's part of a grief group of loss in, in um, here And I was she's she's so happy in this group because she gets to express herself and she doesn't feel alone. So please find your people. Talk to other women as new moms. Find other women. I know there's some competition and all this weirdness, but you will find those couple women you resonate with and they'll be lifelong friends. Mm -hmm. Um, You cannot isolate yourself as women. We just work better together. And we've got to get away from this competition piece. It's so damaging. Mm. I love that you mentioned this because
0: it is true. uh, In the study I made, it it was actually easier for women to talk to others that have gone through the same thing because it is very hard to, like, imagine a teenager understanding how it feels to be... um, I don't know, that was not the best example, but let's say you you cannot really fully understand what it means to be a new mother if you've never been a new mother, right? Or you cannot fully understand what it means to go through infertility if you haven't gone through infertility. It's not even imaginable. We cannot imagine everything. We can empathize and sympathize, but it's not really... Um, and I, I really love that you said this, because I think that applies to many situations where, let's say, someone is going through an emotion and really needing to be in it and also express it. And someone else says, well, something logical or trying to fix it with something. But it's not, it's a process uh, we have to go through and uh, come out from and grow from, and maybe sometimes this grief never goes away, but it's it's becomes more manageable, and it's something that really like you find your own way to what what helps you, and knowing that every as everything evolves around us, nature evolves, so these cycles we're in, also this experience will also change. So everything that we and for a new mother, I mean it changes every day probably and the baby changes and and the world changes so i really love that that uh, everyone can uh, have find like a support group and to empower each other like you said we're living in a society where it's very individualistic so we don't have this beautiful communities that we might have had before and women supporting uh, women and maybe it's also it depends on which culture you're in um I can imagine it's different in different parts of Europe and different in the US and um in Asia and so it's it's gonna be very different depending on the culture as well. But it's really interesting what you said. And yes. Yeah. I'm really no, I, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, you can go ahead, Sophie. Oh no.
1: Um, it, it's fascinating to me. Um how uh as in our western culture we've separated uh and we've labeled this person is psychic this person is a medium this person is uh we, we have all these labels and divisions uh this person is a farmer um i mean we all have these different roles but in a village in a village it's uh it's the same, but it's not glorified. Like uh, one of my favorite experiences? I was in a uh, in a village called Siklish in Nepal and uh, very remote um, And I wanted to I was a bit of a shaman collector. So in my youth, I, I, wherever we would travel, um, for my father's work, we traveled to many countries. Wherever we would travel, I would want to experience the local mystic or shaman. Um, and I was shocked in this village; the shaman wasn't revered. He wasn't put on a pedestal. He wasn't seen as anything special. I thought my experience was very special. It was beautiful ritual. It was amazing, and the things he told me—I had a translator. Was amazing, but the villagers, because um, I was there for a few days, they didn't. You know, in our society, we can tend to put people on a pedestal, and and I really want to. Yes, everybody has levels of ability, but we all can connect in. We all can get there. Um, I, you know, I've just been practicing and doing this for a long time. Um, yes, I do have some karmic pieces, but I just love how, um, the village life and the connection and, um, Dr. Mate says this about, uh, hunter gatherer groups and how they were a system and they knew each other and they were seen. It was a whole different rhythm and I, I hope we can get back to that and, um, you know, it's really important to see your own value in your own sense and intuition, and not just go to someone uh, and say, "Well, can you tell my loved one for me?" I go, "No, no, no." Or can you talk to my baby for me? No, no, no. I'm here to say you can do it too. Yeah. But you've got to learn your radar. You've got to learn your radar. So the best teachers will teach you. You. My mentor was fantastic because she was always trying to get me back to myself because I was like, no, 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 I want to be a reader like John Edward. No, 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 I want to be the next so-and-so. She goes, no, you've got to learn your system because you're here to do you. Mm. Yeah. That's that's the best teacher.
0: It Mm. is. Empowering and giving the tools and and opening that path. I, I really, really love that. And if anyone who's listening is, thank you so much for sharing everything. First of all, I really feel like we had um, a beautiful conversation last time, and now this one uh, evolved on that conversation. I really recommend everyone to also listen to the first episode we did. Um, but I want to thank you so much. And I'm wondering if someone wants to work, uh, find you, and work with you and see what services you have where can they find you
1: um best place is on my instagram spiritual life of babies i have a link tree there that's the fastest way or my website joynavigation.com i will share that in the in the show notes as well right
0: Uh, yeah is there anything else you would like to share before we close the call
1: No, I'm I'm just evolving and growing and learning and passionate about my work. And I'm just so grateful um, to have spent this time with you. I love your work. It's amazing. And let's just ride the wave here on Earth. It's never a dull moment on Rodeo Earth. Stay safe, stay healthy and much love. Thank you, love.